Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Hope you are absolutely doing splendid. What a beautiful day in Southern California. Yes, I know. Every day is beautiful in Southern California. Why do you rub it in? No, it's been hot here. Uh, it has been hot here. It's been warm. And, uh, and of course, beautiful like we all expect it to be. And we're getting ready, obviously, for Thursday night football. Uh, we'll get to who's playing and who's not playing that upcoming, including the Chargers, without... Uh, their most productive wide receiver and without a gigantic weapon at tight end, but still a ma- massive matchup in Kansas city, a place they've actually won the last two times. So that's a Thursday night. That's tomorrow night. We'll talk about it some today. We're broadcasting live from the tire rack.com studios, tire will help you get there an unmatched selection of fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection over 10,000 recommended installers, tire the way tire buying should be. 
Um, we're starting to get more into what's going on with Tom Brady, right? Starting to get to what's going on with Tom Brady. Uh, there was an interview with Giselle who used those key trigger words that most every guy has heard from their wife, especially those of us who work and love and live their work. Oh, you got to be more present at home. Do you guys see that? Giselle said you got to be more present. That's like cut out of the wife manual guy in 40s, mid 40s. Uh, got to be more present at home. It's a hard thing. And it's a frustrating thing to the rest of us because, you know, you get that do not disturb on the phone. You're like, come on, man. Like this. I can't get a hold of you. He was on his Let's Go podcast. He said this about how he felt physically coming off of week one. There's a huge level of commitment for your body physically at an older age because it requires so much more care. Now, it requires care when you're younger, too. But at the same time, there's no margin of error when you're 45. You know, you take hits and you feel every hit. When you're younger, you have your body's a lot different. And when you're 45, your body changes a lot. So what am I dealing with now? I woke up today going, holy shit. That was a, you know, there was a few hits and, and, uh, you know, you look at your arm and you got bruises, you got cuts and you got, you know, the way it is and you go, okay, how much longer do I, I want to make this commitment? And I obviously made the commitment for this year and everything's going to be, you know, like always continue to evaluate, you know, all these different aspects of playing. Tom Brady said this about the sacrifices he's made. In 23 years, you know, I haven't had a Thanksgiving in 23 years. I haven't celebrated birthdays with people that I care about that are, you know, born from August to late January. And, you know, I'm not able to be at funerals and I'm not able to be at weddings. And I think there comes a point in your life where you say, you know what, I've had my fill. It's enough. And time to go on to move into other parts of life. So what what you're seeing is the. He spent a legit amount of time, a legitimate amount of time thinking about that, ruminating over it. And in the offseason, you know, right after the season, he was like, I'm done. The, the, the other side to it is there will be weddings. There will be funerals. There will be birthdays. What there is not once you walk away is having eye contact with 10 other dudes who you're leading down the field offensively, being the focal point of. 80,000, 90,000 people in a building and being able to silence the road crowd and light up the home crowd, having an entire team depend upon you, be the leader of a group of men. That, those are things, that does not happen in the rest of your life. And I think Brady knows that. Um, but I, I, I think you're beginning to see exactly what is the pull on Brady. No question this will be his last year. He can say I'm going to evaluate it. But last year was a, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Then he wakes up today and he's like, God, why am I doing this? But you are committed. And then you hear Giselle saying he needs to be more present. Well, what else would he be doing? Sure, he has his business interests. But if you just cut out that football thing, he would be a lot more present at home. It's going to be really hard for Brady to win this year. And there's no question that the greed of winning, that the the facade of how they won their last championship, and I say facade because the truth is they had to go on the road three consecutive games. They needed a little bit of help, not just from the defense, but from the teams that they took on. All those things, they needed those things to get 
to the Super Bowl where ultimately they played a team that was, by the way, completely depleted. Remember, they, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs were missing four offensive linemen. Now, Rob Parker is going to join us in 20 minutes. He calls Tom Brady the lo- the luckiest of all time. And there is a there is an amount of luck it takes for anybody to be successful. My point has always been like, dude, you've been to 10 Super Bowls, you win seven of them. At some point, nobody is that lucky. There is an absolute skill to it. But the point is that it's a little bit of a facade when you're like, you convince yourself it's this easy. You show up one year, you win a Super Bowl, we'll get right back. Oh, yeah, it's not that easy. So this year is going to be interesting where when he talks about commitment, you do need to be completely mentally and physically committed to the team in order to make it work. And it's not just him. It's all the other guys. It's the other 52. You know, they all have to have that same level of commitment. The only teams that win are teams that have one goal. When you have multiple goals, hey, I got to get this many catches. Hey, I got to get this many touches. Hey, I got to get this, this level of award. When, when there's a goal outside of winning or when there's something pulling you in a different direction, that's when it, it, gets, it gets really hard. I do think this is a very humanizing thing for Brady where he's looking at it and going, man, I haven't. My, my, my late father. Uh, God rest his soul. Like his, my brother's birthday is March 3rd. So March used to be not only it was always college basketball season. My dad was a college basketball coach. And it was also, you know, you'd, when your season was done back then, you get in the road and uh, get in the road and start recruiting. So he didn't make my brother's birthday until uh, probably 86 or 87. Right. My, my brother was born in 1972. You do the math. <laughs> he was literally gone almost every year. And just and if he was there, he wasn't there. This is even before the days of the cell phones. Just hard. And at some point, you do look around. And you go like, you know, I got more money than anybody, and he's got more money that's coming in. I, I hate to tell Tom Brady this. I'm, you know, I'm not sure he saw the details to the Fox deal. Sure, I'm sure he's flying a PJ private jet in order to get to his games on Friday for a game on Sunday. But it's not like you can go like, hey, you know, I can't make it this Sunday for, you know, pick a game. And it's going to be Fox. It'll be an NFC game. I can't make it for the Cowboys-Rams. I got this wedding. I haven't made a wedding. And, like, that, that just doesn't happen. It's not, like, it's not the way it works. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it works differently for Brady. And maybe that's that he's got once a year he can just take a weekend off. It's, by the way, why Eli and Peyton Manning aren't doing it every week. We want to have lives. We want to have lives. But Brady's wife saying she wants to be more present. Brady's saying, here's all these things I've sacrificed in the past, but and man, I'm taking a beating. This sounds like a dude who's only here to try and win a championship. Not and and I'm sure he loves leading guys. I'm he probably loves leading that locker room. But when you start to question, what am I doing here? You lose a couple of games, and it gets louder. It gets worse. It gets interesting. You know, your pull shouldn't be, hey, the NFC's down. We're pretty good. Let's try and win this thing one more time. It should be, I love it, and if we happen to win it while I'm doing it, all the better. 
that's not what he said. Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack 
Dot-com, your spot, man. Get those new rims, new tires. Uh, middle of the day, middle of the week, middle of the show. Let's get to the midway. So I had one thought on this segment, and then Jason Stewart, in his effort to be producer extraordinaire, kind of took it a little different to turn. So where are we on midway? What's the topic we're going with? I think we're, we're uh, on a... We're on a similar page, or more similar than you think. Um, so you had you had brought up the fact that uh, you have an angle on the Aaron Judge thing, and it has to do with steroids, the uh, the statistics gained during the steroids era, MLB's refusal to remove those from the record books, and that that's a part of this. But my thing was, if you take it maybe a step further, is how has that impacted our interest in this current home run chase by Judge? Because it seems like a sidebar story, nationally, anyways. Um, and I just wanted to get into that and have a conversation about that, about what it was. Dan Beyer had a, a very interesting exchange with George Reister, I want to say, a couple weeks ago about this. I know he's got thoughts. So um, I just thought it was it all made for a pretty uh, good, impactful segment. So does that make sense? Yeah. So go with what you had originally come up with and we'll b- bounce off of it mine was who's the, who's the home run king who's the real home like are we're and which plays into what you're saying look somebody's gonna have to explain this to me okay does anybody actually believe because barry bonds has not said i didn't use steroids because he did use steroids barry bonds defense was i never knowingly used steroids which is not, it's very hard to prove that he knowingly used steroids unless you use actual common sense. Um, and I've also, you know, it's it's like the, don't give me, I, I don't care about what he did previous to using steroids. To, to break the home run record, to single season and career, he used steroids. So, and everyone on that list who's above Roger Marist is a steroid guy. Everyone, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all steroid guys. So, where else in sports and in life do we know somebody broke the rules? And to anyone who says steroids were not against the rules, that's not true. They didn't test for them, but that doesn't mean that they're not against the rules. They were legal. They just didn't test for them. So they were, in fact, illegal. There is nowhere else in life where you can break the rules, get caught breaking the rules, even afterwards, and your records still stand. I don't believe. Um, you know, Reg, Reggie Bush, I don't necessarily, I don't think he should have given back the Heisman Trophy, but when it was proven that he was breaking the rules while playing at USC, he gave back his Heisman Trophy because he would have been ineligible. We, we do this with championships where we vacate them in, in NCAA sports. Ben Johnson set the world record, won the 100-meter 100, 100 dash. He doesn't have the gold medal. He doesn't have the world record. Do you know why? He tested positive for steroids. So with that in mind, why is it that we consider Barry Bonds' record a record when he was doing it using steroids? Guys? Yeah. Guys? And, and I guess my point to that would be, and that's where baseball has kind of um, shot itself in the foot on this because – you know, we all remember the interest and the like worldwide sensation that was McGuire against Sosa. Now it was all a farce because they were roided up to the to the gills, but it it was a thing. It was a massive thing, a national story, worldwide massive. story, massive. And Aaron Judge's you know, race for sixty one or whatever this is is kind of the, a sidebar story. If if baseball 
made a stand and they took away those records and Roger Maris is still the record standing, I think there would st- there would be a, a exponentially larger uh, interest in this Aaron Judge thing. So it all just kind of, they shot themselves in the foot by not doing what you stated, which is remove those numbers from the record books. The other problem with it is they didn't beat Maris by one home run or two home runs. They'd be, you know, well, McGuire at 70 beat it by nine. Bonds then beat it by 12. Yeah, and, and it's almost, in a way, just unreachable, which is, in a way, why, like, I feel I don't even have a home run king. And it's not meant to disrespect Roger Maris, and it's not meant to disrespect Hank Aaron. I just don't think when you approach those numbers that we are going to, just like this Aaron Judge case, think it's a it's a real thing. And until you pass Bonds for 73 or, what is it, 763, which is another part where we knew 755 forever. And there are days when I can remember how many career home runs Barry Bonds hit, and there are days that I forget. And I think that tells you all you need to know on how we need to look at them as actual home run kings. So not to sit on the fence about it, Doug, but it's kind of like when you tell a great joke and then somebody adds on to it, and you're like, great, that wasn't as funny. Now the joke's kind of ruined. I kind of feel that's what Bonds and, and, and McGuire and Sosa did to the home run records. It's like, all right, they're there, but they're just not what they once were because of the damage they did to them. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to table this for a second. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, back in the, the, the 90s, Glendora High School was known for basketball, right? They had Tracy Murray, who was the state's all-time leading scoring leader, right? Then they had Adam Jacobson. Uh, then later and they had Casey Jacobson as well, like Cameron Murray. And they had a quarterback in football named Jonathan Smith. He went on to star at Oregon State. And... Uh, fast forward to now, and of course, he's the head coach at his alma mater. Last year, they win a bowl game, gets a contract extension. And if you missed it Saturday night, it was one of the most entertaining football games I've seen in a long time. And and he made a bold decision to win that game. He's Jonathan Smith, head coach of the Beavs, who are 2-0 and on the season. He joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, how are you? Yeah, doing well, man. You're bringing back some memories there with the Murray brothers and the Jacobson. Some good times. Yeah, the the Tartans. I used to I used to have we used to have basketball practices at that at, at Glendora High School, uh, where the where the tight where you, where you Tartans called home. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, going into the Fresno game, you know Hayner's a hell of a quarterback. That's a tough place to play. What were your thoughts on your team heading into playing Fresno? Yeah, we knew that was going to be a real challenge. That place was jumping. I think the thing got sold out. Hayner was out there throwing strikes. Um, so going into it, you know, we knew it was going to be some back and forth, and probably came down to one of the last, you know last possession. Well, it was it was the, like the last three possession, right? Because you guys get the ball, right, and you and and you score. Uh, Chance Nolan hit Harrison uh, to put you guys up up. Three, you guys, you go for right. It's easy call. You're up yep. one. You go for two. Okay, so in your headset, you're talking to your coaches. You're up three. What's your thought process? Yeah, this game ain't over, man. I mean, they, I think we left them about a minute fifty, and Hayner didn't even take half that time. He went straight down the field, and so, yeah. Obviously, we were excited to take the lead at that moment, but then it turns out there ends up three touchdowns getting scored in the last two minutes of the game. You know, yeah, not not exactly a defensive virtuoso. They get down to the four with like a minute ten to go. Was there any? Hey, let's let him. Did you guys let him score on that four no. yard touchdown? We what we did is played ultra aggressive though um, on that. So they got to the four more or less called cover zero. Everybody blitz except who you're covering, 
and trying to force the issue, right? Like try to push him back to hold him to a field goal to tie it. Or ultimately, if you did give up the touchdown, at least it left you more time and more timeouts, and that's how it played out. So you, you get the ball back, and what was, what was your discussion with Chance Nolan like? What would you tell Chance before he went back out there? Well, we always talk about what we got and what we need, and so what we got is the time and timeouts, and then obviously what we needed was three points, and so the mentality was to get down there and, and set us up for at least three points, if not seven. Uh, we, there's not long conversations before two-minute drives, man. You get quickly the information, look them in the eye, and tell them they got this, and he definitely did. All right, so you, you score a touchdown. Yeah, you score a touchdown, and they called timeout, right? So, so Jeff Tedford calls timeout to line his guys up. Were you going for two before he called timeout? Well, again, you know, we traded timeouts multiple times. And so there's a pass interference, it's like in the last series here, pass interference with the two seconds left in the end zone. And so we were trying to sort out, well, where was the call made? Because if he's it's pass interference before the goal line, then it's half the distance type thing. If it's in the end zone, then it's on the two. And so late getting that for information. We initially sent out the field goal squad to take the field goal. They called timeout. We called a play later, changed our mind. They called timeout again. And by the third time we got out there, that's when we punched it in. So what's the energy like on this? Because this is a big, this is a, uh, this, this is a big thing, right, where you can, you're, you're on the two-yard line. You can kick the field goal and tie and go to overtime, and it's just a mess down there. What's the energy like when you tell your guys, hell, let's go for it, let's win the game? Yeah, those guys were juiced up. Um, and, again, a lot of the confidence before doing that was started with the players and the confidence we had in them. And, you know, the guy we had carrying the ball, Jack Colette, was really good at short yardage and goal line situations and got a bunch of, you know, thanks after. And I just replied back to it all. It was all confidence of those guys. And the opportunity to win the game, you had an opportunity there. The only thing you could, you could do is tie. The best you could do is tie by kicking it. And so, obviously, it turned out great for us. But I do feel like as a program, that's the type of decision we want to make. Yeah. Um, now, had you practiced that? Like, coaches are big, and obviously, as a former quarterback yourself, had, is it is that special situational football, knowing what they're going to have out there, or was that just you know a, a short yardage goal line play? It was it was a goal line play. I mean, it was something we had repped uh, multiple times throughout the week. Uh, I know Coletta was confident with it because he. We actually went out the first time out they called when we lined up in offense. We had a different play called. Coletto came over saying he wanted a different one. He felt better about that, and we went with that. And so I know the guys felt good about it and obviously executed it. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. So, so so after the first time out, you guys decided to go for, to go for the touchdown, and then before the second time out, it was it was. Coletto, who dis- who said you want to change the play? Yeah, so we field goal squad timeout comes back to the sideline. We decide to go for it. We line up in a, a for one play timeout. Fresno come back to the sideline. Coletto looks me in the eye and says, "Hey, coach, I'd rather do this one." And yeah, fine. You like that one better? He, he we did it. Okay, I'm gonna let him call all the plays down the goal line. Right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know we should. So, so here's the big question: because you weren't gonna, you weren't a go for it guy initially, and then you said the hell with it, let's let's go for it. Are you now gonna be a go for it guy, or is it situation based? Well, I, you love to be say, oh yeah, we're the go for it guy all the time. It's situation's gonna matter, but it, the more time I had to think about it. Like I said, back to it, the best we could do was tie it. And, again, that hostile place, Jake Hayner again. I mean, there's no guarantees in overtime. And what, what was guaranteed, you get two yards, you win a game, and we went for it. If you didn't, get the, if you didn't have the contract extension in the offseason, would your thought process have changed? 
I, I'll be honest, I was not even kind of thinking about that. <laughs> um, and I hope my thought process wouldn't have changed if I didn't have it. Uh, uh, Jonathan Smith joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's this year been like for you? Because there's so much, que- so many questions about a school like Oregon State and the future, right? You're just trying to rebuild it. Obviously, you guys redid, finished rebuilding the stadium, and that thing opened up uh, a couple weeks ago, right? So there's a lot of bright things on the horizon, but so many questions about what the league is going to look like. What's it been like for you? Yeah, I, it, what has been really nice is starting in August, really, when you get around your team and you start practicing. It, it's actually a beautiful distraction with so much uncertainty, unknown, out of our control. Uh, what we do know is we get a schedule this year and next year, um, and we're just diving into that. So it's been a bunch of fun just to get back to what, why I signed up to coach and be around this game is to play and prepare and develop. Um, that's been great. And obviously it's early in the season. Uh, got a couple wins under our belt. We're hoping to get a, a bunch more, and, and that's been a nice thing to focus on outside of all the, the riffraff outside of it. We, we mentioned how, how there's three touchdowns in the last minute and 50, but it should be pointed out that your defense, they bended, but they didn't break, right? Seven times inside the 25 for Fresno State, and they only came away with two touchdowns. What did you learn about your unit against? And people haven't seen Jake Hayner play. I mean, he's been playing forever, right? It's a second stint at Fresno, whatever. But, but he's a very, very good player. Jeff Tedford, obviously, a, a, a world-renowned offensive uh, uh, strategist as their head coach. What did you learn about your defense in their ability to get stops in the red zone? Yeah, that was huge. The, the response, you know, they were able to move the ball, but getting down there tighter, holding them to three points versus seven, that that was by far the storyline until really the end of the game about our our team was our ability to keep them out of the end zone. And let's face it, that was the difference in the game. With all those red zone trips you mentioned, to only score twice, two touchdowns is huge on their end. How do you get them to focus on this week, knowing the next two weeks, SC at home, and, you know, Reese's just going to be in, uh, obscene when, when the Trojans come down. And then you go to Salt Lake and take on Utah game after that. How do you get guys to lock in on Montana State? Yeah, we talked about it early on, man. Uh, first thing, we always start our week with a Tuesday morning team meeting and, and just put it out on the table. You know, trap game type thing. Uh, we've talked a bunch about sticking to a process that's weekly and our approach to preparing and, and really respecting everybody we play but fearing no one. And that's the approach this week. That'll be the approach next week. I do think these guys will be locked in and excited to play and understand the challenge that we got this weekend. Well, you you beat, you know, it's two Mountain West teams, but those are two really well-respected programs. Boise, the first week, you led, you know, kickoff to finish against against the Broncos. Then you beat Fresno on the road in a crazy game. Congrats on those two wins. I know there's a lot of football to be played, but take a bow for a second, and we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it, Doug. Thanks. All right, Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, um, the Fresno State missed an extra point. All right, here's the game-winning touchdown. This is Mike Parker on Learfield Network. Jack Coletto, the hammer scores. The Beavers win it for the first time ever in this stadium. The Beavers win it. Jack Coletto scores, and the Beavers win. Final score, the Beavers 35, Fresno State 32. In a miracle finish in the San Joaquin Valley, the Beavers win it 35-32. Isn't it crazy? Like, just one of those games. And I love the honesty there. He's like, well, we weren't going to go for it. We're going to kick the field goal. Then they called timeout. Then we're going to go for it. And then, and then you know, Jack Coletto comes over and is like, I don't like that play. Let's call another one. <laughs> right? 
like, like we all, the way it, it, it looks on TV or the way it looks in highlights is like, they get down close, they could kick a field goal, they go for it. But then if you're watching the game, if you're on the sideline, it's completely different. Completely different. The only thing that I'm, like, my question is, it's really unclear by that call who won the game. Can we play that again? Jack Coletto, the hammer scores. The Beavers win it for the first time ever in this stadium. The Beavers win it. Jack Coletto scores, and the Beavers win. Final score, the Beavers 35, Fresno State 32. In a miracle finish in the San Joaquin Valley, the Beavers win it 35-32. I mean, they're excited. It's crazy. Like I, I and I don't, again, I don't know if you guys. I was, I was, I was like one of those games. It was on, and we were watching. I love watching the Jake Hayner play. The kids, he's like six feet tall. Um, you know, he he went to he, he left, came back, and you know, last year he beat UCLA. I mean, almost like single handedly beat UCLA. He was unbelievable. And um, who did UCLA beat the first week of the year last year? Remember that UCLA beat somebody and. They ended up beating LSU, LSU, right? Yeah. yeah, it was LSU. And everybody's like, oh, they're back. And then it turns out LSU stunks. But, uh, and then they turn around and lose to Fresno because Hayner's really, really good. So it was, it was a hell of a way. Like, there's a, that's the Beavers Radio Network. Of course they're going to be excited about it. All right, you, wanna, you guys want to get back to the Midway? Let's get back to the Midway. Can we? The Midway. All right, so this is back to the, the, the Midway. With, all right, so when we last talked, Dan Beyer... Uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor in regards to your thoughts on the, you said, and, and it was a good point you made, although that it wasn't like Barry Bonds beat the home run record by a home run. It was by 12. So it makes it look so much better because he's so dusted off the record. My counter to that, Dan would be, yeah, but like there's 120 years of baseball and the only guys that have passed 61 are all steroid guys. And so, to me, it's really easy to wipe them, at least mentally, off the board. All right. That's your point. End of segment. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, 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 I just, I, I don't know. I, I, did John, did you want to give your point? I, uh, well, my point was kind of like your point, which was, I think the majority of people feel like he needs to pass Barry Bonds, like. Barry Bonds already passed, and McGuire already passed Mickey Man- uh, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. So they don't really look at this like, like okay, if he passes Roger Maris, he needs to pass those two guys. So I think that's why people aren't really as into it as... Now, if he was going to pass Barry Bonds, or I think it might be much more... People would be much more well, like, it'd be, oh, okay. it'd, be, it'd be gigantic. Yeah. But that's the, that's the problem. Is yeah. He, it's, it, like, it's like saying... And, and if you want to say that, that steroids is not... The answers to the test, go for it. But if you say it's the questions, if you had the questions to the test and you got a 1600 SAT, then we're not going to say like, hey, the high score in this is 1600 because it's an invalid test. I think these are invalid results. That's really my point. If this stuff sometimes naturally happens. The midway. It grabs the, the nation's sporting interest. And that's... Like if if it was if it was sixty one was still the mark, to Jason's point and into my you know thoughts on the matter of it isn't grabbing the nation's attention, 
And the reason why it's not is because Bonds and them ruined it. Yes. You just can't make it up and be like, no, this is it, so you better be excited over this. And that's why I actually think that no one holds it, because the guy that we think holds it really doesn't, and the guy that does, we don't think should. And so it's just it's it's really ruined it for for a lot not only in not only in single season but even in the career home run mark. I mean, you know, the point of the 755 was again the number that we all knew and we all knew 61. And I think sometimes on certain days we forget what the actual home run numbers were. Has there been and and, and if there has been please uh forgive me. Has there been anybody, has anyone run to McGuire or Bonds or Sosa and gotten comments on this and had a conversation? That would be an interesting article for me. That, that's how much baseball has shot themselves in the foot, is that the guys that have broken the records can't even comment on a guy that's about to hit 60 home runs. It, it's a disgrace. Well, it's a, it's a what, what do you think they would say? Like, like McGuire, I thought when McGuire had his come to Jesus and he cried and, and admitted he used, used steroids, like real steroids, it wasn't the Androstein Dione that he tried to take people off the, off the trail with. I thought that was his tears were because he has no idea. He doesn't know, if, you know, he doesn't know anything. He has no idea how good he really was, how many home runs he could really hit. He had no, no clue. Zero. So... Um, I look at it and I think to myself, I, I what, like, what, what do you think Barry Bonds is going to give back the record? Well, Barry Bonds. Yeah. I mean, it's, never. Right. Okay. So, but here's the thing, honestly, like it's like in a way, like, as we're talking, it's, it's not even his, like, like, I mean, like kind of in a way it's ours and that's what makes it. Like I mean, it is you know Roger Maris's and stuff like that. But for the sake of the argument, it's it's the baseball fan, it's the person who would get interested. Like that's that's the sort of thing. Like it's almost not even Barry Bonds's to give back. Mm. If you ask Barry Bonds, it'd be Barry Bonds's. And I think most people in public. Is this I understand just shoot what, down Dan's argument. No, day? no. I under, no, let listen, me check the I calendar. Actually, September fourteenth. No, dude, you don't have to be offensive. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. I agree with you that it really is. It, it's become a nothing record because it's so muddled and so controversial. And like, fine, nobody has it, right? It's like the it's like the Heisman Trophy with Reg, Reggie Bush, right? Should you give it to Vince Young? Well, it's really Reggie Bush's. It didn't affect, right? So it's like nobody has it. Like, not not claimed Heisman Trophy year. But um, I, I guess most people in public, most, and I'm not saying sports people, and I'm not saying people that matter, but most people, they think it's Bonds. And Bonds will say it's Bonds. And baseball guy like, yeah, I guess it's Bonds. So you're not wrong. Matter of fact, you're probably the most right of any of us. But I, we, I can't change public perception to being that, right? That's what, that's what kind of my point is. I don't understand why more people don't perceive it as 61 being the real mark. I, yeah, more than anything. I will say this. If Judge got to 70 and there were, there were two and a half, or like two weeks left, I think all of America would be on his side. No to, question. To break, like if he got to that mark. That's just one of the problems that I have with Bonds is it's so far out there. Like it's seventy three. I mean, it's just a it's a 
It's a lot of home do, runs. Do you think if Judge got hot, there's still 20 games left, do you think he could get to 73? It's like 16 home runs. Yeah, well, it, it's yeah, almost it, one a game. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Is it likely? No. Right? I mean, uh, Trout didn't hit one last night, right? He hit one in seven no, straight games? Yeah, he didn't, didn't, did not hit one. I mean, that, that kind of run is, yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean. It's... If if he got close, that would be the only that would no be question, the... no question. But I I actually think it helps the argument for just how beneficial steroid use is. That like, look, come on, dude, it's like the number's so obscene, nobody's going to come close to it. I mean, here's Aaron Judge, who he plays in a park that's a joke, right? And he's so big and strong, it's a joke. And yet, all he can muscle up is he'll probably get to like sixty three, which should be the all time home run mark, but it's not. And, and here, here, I don't know where it's short on time, but he's so far ahead of everyone else. Well, that was the other thing with like the Bonds and, and Sosa thing was like they were chasing each other. Yeah. This makes it a little bit more legit because no one is getting close to what he's doing this year. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I think um, I think I figured out. Sometimes you you figure out a take or you figure out something. The longer you live, the longer you're in a business. Um, I think I figured something out. Uh, we're joining you live from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, so, you know, uh, how many years ago was it that? How many years ago was it that uh, Andrew Luck uh, retired? Um, I'll bring that to you in a second. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, It was the 2019 season. So, one, two, three years ago. Andrew Luck was getting ready to play. And right before the... We, we learned in the third quarter of the last preseason game that he was going to retire. Play started booing. Post-game press conference. He did, in fact, retire. Walked away. Jacoby Brissett was the guy. Then it was Phillip Rivers. Right? Um, and then last year, obviously, they went and got what they thought was younger and better and fresher and sharper. And they traded with the Philadelphia Eagles. And they thought Carson Wentz was the guy. And then Carson Wentz played poorly at the end of the season. And they were done with Carson Wentz. And now it's Matt Ryan. And there's 0-0-1. But what happened was, um, on Twitter, I tweeted out uh, something along the lines of, uh, not retiring because rehab was too hard is the most millennial thing ever. And of course, you know, millennials who by, by the way now it's what is it called quiet quitting have you got you heard of this jason quiet quitting yes this is, this is like a this is like a thing it's so funny you say that i was just speaking with somebody in the office right before the show and that term was used so yeah okay. quiet re- quitting means remaining in one's workplace while not actively going above and beyond the concept of quiet quitting is resonating because it's been time for people to have reflection and reassess their priorities and consider the fragile nature of humanity. In other words, like, 
I could re- I could work hard. I could try and achieve greatness, but is it really worth it because my life and my well-being and my mental space is more important than going after the brass ring? Right? That's called quiet quitting. And it it likely leads to people quietly being fired or uh, having others leapfrog them in terms of importance in their company. But quiet quitting is a thing. You know, we, we've had, we've struggled with having people go to work post pandemic. Right? First they were, you're getting government assistance and then, you know, you had time to sit at home and reflect and you're like, you know, what's, what's the point? What's the purpose of all this? Well, football mentality has always been different. And that was really more the point of my tweet three years ago. Is that the football mentality is you play till you can't play, and then you still play a little bit more until they drag you off the field. Peyton Manning retired, but he couldn't play football anymore. He could with his head. Even to this day, if you told, he would tell you exactly he could, get, he could do everything except for throw football. His arm, body just kind of quit on him. It's one of the things that Tom Brady's struggling with is his mentality has been, as long as I can play and be competitive, I want to do it. That's as long as I can just stand back there and pick apart a defense, I want to do it. This thing is awesome. Why would I get, why would I get off this? And only his wife and family and other interests are trying to, trying to change that football mentality. Famously, Ronnie Lott. I remember Ronnie Lott when he cut off the tip of his finger. He shattered the tip of his finger and they said like, you know, you're going to miss this game in the playoffs. He's like, yeah, just cut it off. That's football mentality. So when I, when I read these articles that Dak wants to be back sooner, that it's not just Jerry Jones saying he could be back in four weeks. It's Dak Prescott saying I I, I can make it. TJ Watt, partial tear of his pectoral muscle. Right. That's TJ Watt, partial tear of his pectoral muscle. And T.J. Watt, you know, talked the Steelers out, finally found a doctor who's like, yeah, whatever, we'll, maybe we'll clear you earlier. So they're not ruling him out for the year. My guess with T.J. Watt is, and it's the same guess for Dak Prescott, is, you know, what's to lose? Like, T.J. Watt, right now you're supposed to miss the season with a torn pectoral muscle. So say you rehab, non-surgical, you can come back in four to six weeks and see if it holds together. And if it doesn't, if it re-tears, guess what? You're going to miss the season anyway. You have the surgery. You'll be fine for next year. There's really no harm done. Dak Prescott, I don't know, but the thumb, the problem with the thumb is, and I think Dan Byer pointed this out yesterday, uh, uh, Russell Wilson came back from having a, a broken finger and was awful last year. And the common thought is that he came back too soon. Right? So, I, part of this is just football mentality. Football players play football regardless of whether they can walk or talk or breathe or whatever. They just, they, those guys just want to play. It does earn them some credit in the locker room and both are really highly paid players. Dak with the Cowboys, TJ Watt, uh, rightfully with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I don't even think it's about pay or even about respect. It's just about that's your wiring. I'm going to come back and play as quickly as possible. And in, in everyone's field, there's some sort of wiring it takes that outside of that field, you might not get, you know, you might not get, I would say that in our field, the use of social media is way greater than in other fields. One, because it's like sitting around in a press box 
and you can read all the people who'd be sitting around that press box. You, you can read all their thoughts. They'll just share it with you for free. Um, and then you can also, you can get kind of your message out and you can, you can ingest and also get your stuff out to as many people as possible. I think that, that the use of social media is a very, very much a media driven, media friendly sort of, uh, element to what we do. You know, there's a, in people vacation at odd times that cover sports, you know, there's an expectation. It's like one of those things, um, if you're going to be married or date somebody who's into sports, they're either going to be going to and covering or watching, always watching on holidays, all the big events. And what do you do on Christmas? Well, you know, we watch basketball all day. Well, why do you do that? Well, that's his job. That's what he does. That's her job. That's what she does. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I, I get the Tom Brady, his wife looking for him to have balance. You don't have balance in sports. But you don't really have balance in any true profession. You know, if you own a restaurant, that's your focus. You're going to, you know, you're either going to open or close every night. A lot of times guys close because they want to, they want to count the, count the, count the dollars of their restaurant. Uh, I think there's certain things that are media things or certain things that are restaurant things or certain things. If you're in the financial sector, you watch and ingest news. You don't watch local news. You know, you probably watch CNBC. Squawk. You know? And in football, the mentality is, how quickly can I get back out in the field? T.J. Watt and Dak Prescott, I don't know if they're heroic. They're just football players, and football players want to play football. What is it? What's the quickest I can be back on the field without killing myself? That's when I'll be back on the field. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. 
Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.